Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WFAN's Baseball Insider's Yankees podcast for Thursday, April 8th. Yankees lost a tough one on Wednesday night in extra innings. Uh, I'll get to that part in a minute. But uh, the Yankees lost 4-3. They're 3-3 three three to start the year. They begin a series against the Rays, their first road trip of the year, coming up on Friday afternoon. Uh, if there's one really good thing to report on over the course of the first week of the season, Yankees rotation and bullpen. Outstanding. little hiccup from Domingo Herman, who hadn't pitched in a year and a half. But otherwise, uh, the, uh, the, and the, yeah, remember, in that game that Herman pitched, the Yankees bullpen picked him up with Mike King going six scoreless innings. Uh, they have faced Toronto and Baltimore, and you expected them to beat Baltimore three out of three. They won two out of three. Uh, and two of the three losses the Yankees suffered so far have been extra innings. Uh, they have uh, they've pitched really well. Everybody has pitched well first turn through. Garrett Cole was outstanding the night against the Orioles. Jamison Tyone showed you some pretty good things. Uh, Corey Kluber pitched okay. Uh, there's This is about durability, and I've said it many times already, so I'm not going too overboard first turn through. If they had pitched badly, uh, it would ring a little bit of an alarm bell. But you want to see you want to see how they go during the year. You want to see them do this in June, July, August, September too, right? So how they get through this season is going to be key. It's just a good first step. Bullpen, meanwhile, you had the injuries suffered to Zach Britton, Justin Wilson. You've seen some guys really step up, especially the multi-inning guys. Jonathan Loisega, Nick Nelson. Those two especially uh, look like they are going to be really big weapons for the Yankees out of the bullpen. They pitched very well, uh, and it's a good start for those guys. Wednesday night's game, well, breaks down on many levels, right? First of all, last episode, go back and listen. I won't rehash the whole thing, but we talked about Glaber Torres. Uh, Glaber Torres and his future at shortstop. There is a star-studded group of free agent shortstops coming up at the end of this season. Every day, Glaber Torres has a chance to tell the Yankees he is their shortstop of the future. That is not what is happening with the actions on the field. Uh, it is not just one throw. It is, you know, this is a larger sample size than somebody going, you know, 
0 for 10 to start the year. You're talking about a couple of years worth of watching him play shortstop and understanding that he is uh, he is not better yet, and he has to be better so far. Um, he's a guy who, and this is not about a knock at Glaber Torres as a player. He's a tremendous player. He's not a consistent enough defensive player. It showed up at second base. It's a little more glaring at shortstop. Um, and it's more glaring because you have options for you. And this is really what the big thing is about here. Uh, two things. One, are you considering yourself a championship caliber team? And two, do you have options to be better? The answer to both questions for the Yankees is yes. They are a championship caliber team, so you have to be better in as many areas as you can, and they will have the ability. I don't know if it'll be this year. Um, I don't know what the trade possibility is going to be like. If you're talking about uh, Javi Baez, Corey Seager, uh, Carlos Correa, Francisco Lindor, um, Trevor Story, uh, well, Lindor is obviously off the market, and Story's probably the only one who might be made available during a trade. So um, I don't know yet if a trade is a realistic possibility there. If it's a shorter-term thing, I would watch the Marlins for Miguel Rojas because that's a guy who you know a lot of Yankees people are there in Miami who, who like, and he has a pretty good reputation around the game. Maybe not necessarily the long-term future. That's this free agent class coming up. But it gets back to Glaber Torres, who just has to be better. And he has every chance, every day he has a chance to show you that he is being better. And if he doesn't, he's making my decision for me. Um, and then it becomes about shifting him over to second base, moving LeMahieu back to first or third and figuring out Voigt or Urshela. Um, a lot of moving parts, but Torres is very important. It's not a good enough reason to not move him to say, okay, well, then you have to get rid of Voigt or you have to get rid of Urshela. Um it's, it's hurting you too much right now. Um, and as I, I told you before, he made bad throws at second base too. So this isn't him being a gold glove defender at second base. He is a massive offensive force. You do not want him taking those troubles to the plate and the pressure of trying to be better at shortstop to the plate. You want him to you know perform the maximum ability. And right now, you, uh, you just have questions about his future at shortstop. And they're all legitimate. They're, none of it's made up. The Yankees have even acknowledged that he's better second baseman than shortstop. So they're already telling you that, you know, if they had a better option, they would choose it. Well, guess what? They're going to have better options. So maybe they've made up that decision already, um, but it's still important for Glaber Torres to make those strides now if he can. Um, a better first baseman probably makes the play last night. I mentioned this before. There was a similar throw over the weekend against the Blue Jays. I looked at it from both sides. Better players of both spots make those plays easier. A better shortstop makes a better throw. A better first baseman makes a better play. Uh, If it's Javi Baez throwing to Anthony Rizzo, I have no issues with that play because it's going to be made. And it didn't get made last night, didn't get made over the weekend, and it's starting to become a little bit of a problem. Aaron Judge did not play. Sore left side. This is kind of a broken record because of all the injury problems that Aaron Judge has had. Um, I understand all the skepticism with um, just the initial diagnosis and kind of vagueness of, of what they're telling you and the idea that he can play again this weekend. Let's see what happens this weekend. He's too important. You saw how he turned it on when the season began. You've seen how dynamic he is when he's on the field. 
It's why you're trying so hard to get him on the field and not just cut ties with him. There's so many frustrated fans, and I get it. They want him gone. They want him this. They want him that. Well, there's too much talent there to give up on. And so the question becomes, when do you when do you give up on it? Well, when it's time to give him a big free agent contract. Um, he's not getting a contract extension at this point. I think it's pretty safe to say Aaron Judge is going to get to free agency because he has to put together two fully healthy years in order to earn a big free agent contract. He's two years away from free agency. There is no reason to give him an extension of any kind, nor should he accept one because he has two years to show how much money he's worth. So, I mean, I I don't even think there's even talk of an extension because it would not make sense for either side at this point. The Yankees would be foolish to extend a player with this kind of injury history and judge would not be serving his best interest if he accepted an extension off of this current injury history that he has without putting up uh, two good healthy years or two great healthy years, whatever he's got in front of him, uh, in order to maximize his earning potential. So uh, right now, it's about right now. And let's see how long he's out. I understand all the skepticism. There was a vagueness to the way it was described and how it happened. Uh, Very frustrating. Uh, So let's see how this plays out. It's not a good look and it's not a good beginning to the season for Aaron Judge if this causes him to miss more than one or two games. Uh, The Yankees have lost two games in extra innings so far this season. And everybody hates the extra innings rule. Listen, I got to tell you, and I'm not afraid to tell you, I'm kind of on the other side of this. I don't mind the extra innings rule. I like the way it spurs action. You remember last night, the Orioles scored two runs in the first nine innings on a couple of solo home runs. You know what? The the Yankees had opportunities and they didn't get a big hit. But remember, you know, the Orioles basically won the game because they had two solo homers earlier in the game, too. If the Yankees had just gotten a home run with one of those uh, guys on base, would not have even gotten to extra innings. So there is value in the home run there, too. It's not just about getting a big hit. The Yankees were kept in the ballpark. The Orioles were not. Those two home runs early in the game won it for the Orioles just as much as what happened late. And remember, the Glaber Torres era played a big part of that as well. Uh, as far as watching what happens, well, you know, you spurred action in the 10th and 11th innings. There was a lot of action. Uh, there was action at the plate in every single one of those four half innings. The, it ended with the play at the plate that the run didn't score, but a run did score in both top halves for, in, for the Orioles and the bottom of the 10th for the Yankees. Spurring action is what this is all about. Um, you know, And I know that people don't like the way it's the way it's happened, that it's artificial, but if they were going, and, and this isn't entirely about length of game for me, if they were going to go on scoring 1-1-1-1 for the next five innings after that, I'd have been into that. That would have been pretty fun and exciting to watch. Uh, it's a lot of inactivity and watching what happens to the relief pitchers. Because remember, you know, there's there's this famous game from 1963, if you don't know about it, that went 16 innings between the Milwaukee Braves and the San Francisco Giants. Warren Spahn, Hall of Famer, started for the Braves. Juan Marichal, Hall of Famer, started for the Giants. It was nothing-nothing into the 16th inning when Willie Mays won it with a home run off of Spahn. Both pitchers threw complete games, 16 innings. But... If you look back on this, there were a total of 17 hits for both teams in the 16 innings of this game. Only a handful of walks, so it wasn't like there were a lot of base runners. Almost nothing happened between the 8th and 14th innings, I think. Uh, 1-2-3, 1-2-3. 
The entire game took four hours and 10 minutes, 16 innings. Last night's game, 11 innings took three hours and 54 minutes. Um, to get to that point would be ludicrous where you're getting to 16th inning and it's just zero, zero, zero. There are a lot of pitchers who are uh, in the bullpen throwing hard and, and firing zeros one after the other. You waste your bullpens. Um, but on top of that, you know, this is not Warren Spahn and Juan Marichal deciding this game. You know who decided this game? Luis Sessa and Paul Fry. That's who was on the mound. You know, baseball is unlike the other sports, you know, where you start with your best players. You don't always finish with your best players. You know, LeBron James is getting the ball at the end of the game. You know, Tom Brady has the ball in his hands at the end of the game. Luis Sessa and Paul Fry had their hands on the ball at the end of this game. Uh, it's not the same. The sport doesn't lend itself to that. So it's a little bit different. I didn't mind the idea of, you know, we saw one team bunt. The Yankees bunted in the bottom of the 11th inning. You saw, and the Orioles bunted too in the top of the 11th. So for people who like the small ball aspect of it, you're putting it right in play right away. You're watching action right away. Um, I love the play at the plate a couple of times. Play at the plate. Most exciting play in baseball, right? People say, oh, it's the triple. It's the, yeah, the triple doesn't score a run. Play at the plate. It's either scoring a run or it's an out. It's, uh, it's decisive. Most exciting play uh, in baseball. And when Mike Talkman went first to home and just got in to beat the throw, the Orioles executed very well. Uh, they, they shorted the throws a little bit from the outfield to the cutoff man and then the cutoff man to home. But... You know, if one stronger throw in each in either of those instances, and Talkman's probably out, but they executed the throws well. They were on target both times, uh, and Talkman, you know, made it home uh, for the uh, tying run. The execution all the way around, I thought it was a beautiful play. There are a lot of ugly things to watch in the game these days, but that play right there, thing of beauty. Um, even if he was out, thing of beauty because it would have been executed very well. Um, and that was in extra innings. That's what helps send the game to extra innings. But the action spurred on in extra innings, I kind of like it. I'm sorry. You know, I listen, I could have stayed there. If they would have scored runs every inning, would have been fine. Um, it's moving the action along and getting to a point where someone can decide the game. And the, you know all the pitching reasons. I won't bore you why uh, you don't like having those games go on forever because of what it does to your pitching staff and making moves to the minors, this and that. There's a lot of that. We've been through all that already. Maybe we'll get to it again sometime. But uh, could the Yankees have avoided extra innings by getting a hit with a runner in the scoring position? Yeah, probably. But it's, you know, this is going to be part of the Yankees. This is going to be part of every Yankee loss. You know why? Because they're always putting runners on base. Would it be better if they had been dominated in a two-hit shutout? Um Probably not, because this is a this is a good lineup, and they're not supposed to be shut out on two hits either. They put a lot of guys on base. They're supposed to score some runs, um, and they do over the course of a long season. Every time the Yankees lose, they usually have a chance to win the game, which is what makes it frustrating because, you know, it's a game you expect to win. But, you know, they can't conceivably win 150 games, even though they're in position to win quite a few. Uh, I, I mentioned this stat with Richard Nero over the weekend. Two years ago, when they won 103 games, they lost 30 games by either one or two runs. They're in every one of those games. But guess what? They were not going to win 133 games that year. Um, you're asking them to achieve a level um, that just is statistically impossible. So wait for the season to play out. I know this is a fear that this is what leads them to losing in October, um, but the way the game is played, you look to put men on base every chance you get. 
and you see how it you know how it plays out on the nights when you're able to play some. And um, you know, last night was frustrating for a number of reasons. That is absolutely one of them. Uh, it's maddening to watch guys left on base. But when you get guys on base over the course of six months, you win a lot of ball games, and that's how they look at it. And it's the it's the it's an offensive philosophy that equals a lot of runs scored and a lot of wins in the regular season. I know you think it's not a formula for success in the postseason, but it really kind of is. You just have to break it down. Not every postseason loss is covered by one blanket. This is why they lose. Um, a lot of different reasons for them, and we'll get into that maybe later on. Um, there's a lot of time to discuss that because there's a lot of time till October. I say all the time, you cannot fast forward to October. Let's just figure out what's happening now. For now, the Yankees open a series against the Tampa Bay Rays on Friday, and uh, it's their first road trip. They are 3-3 three and three after the first week of the season. I want to remind you to come back here a couple times every week and subscribe to WFAN's Baseball Insiders, My Yankees Reports, Ed Coleman's Mets reports will be delivered right to you. Subscribe, review, all that jazz. You can find us on Odyssey and on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.